0: This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Kelly at the Fidland Farmer about her adventures in raising valet sheep. Hi Kelly, are you there? I am, (laughs) hi. Hi. So tell me about the Fidland Farmer.
1: Oh, let's see where to begin. (laughs) Uh, so I am basically somebody who grew up in the suburbs, but had the wonderful opportunity to spend a lot of time in, uh, the summers during my childhood. My aunt and uncle have a farm up in Northern Minnesota. Um, and gosh, the difference between spending a weekend up there and then coming back home to the city is it just blew my mind every time from as young as I can remember the, just the beauty of the way that way of life worked that I had never experienced otherwise, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I held on to that for so long and it just never went away. And I always, I thank my aunt every day for everything that she showed me from incubating chickens. They raised cattle and hogs and had this beautiful barn and, you know, back when us kids would walk down the dirt road and find a hay field and jump bales of hay and sit and watch the sun go down. I just thought, man, when I get older and have a family, I want them to experience those same aspects of life that so many people never get to experience kind of it connects you in a way that it's just priceless
0: (laughs) it is so I was looking at your Facebook page because I try to research people before I talk to them and I saw that you sing and that you have two yes yes Yes. and you make soaps and you have the most adorable sheep i've ever seen and alpacas and i don't know how you get everything done in a day looking (laughs) at your at your post i thought she must be exhausted
1: (laughs) uh yes i am exhausted most days we actually recently downsized because i just i have this need to experience every type of animal possible the different personalities i i see so much more in animals than just a species just a name um, and so we've had through here we've had goats to um, we finally did just sell our too many donkeys which it was hard because i really loved them but you kind of realize when you're taking on more than you can handle which interferes with the mental well-being of the animals you know they're all fed and cared for and loved but just taking that time to be able to sit with them and bond with them and interact and keep them friendly. I was lacking on that. Um, so yeah, we narrowed it down to our sheep and our alpacas. I try to always take into consideration the animals that we have here, cause we have small acreage, you know, what, what are they bringing back to the, the farmstead? What kind of mutual respect can we have for each other? What can you bring to the table? What can I bring to the table kind of thing? Um, so that works good with fiber, with dairy, um, and yeah, these, these sheep, it's the Valley Blacknose. I'm okay. not sure if you're familiar with them. Um, I was,
0: I was going to ask you how it's pronounced cause I didn't want to murder it.
1: <laughs> I hope it's Valley. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you read about it all the time, but it's so such a new thing that it doesn't come up often in actual conversation. Well, um, in case we're
0: both mispronouncing it, it's V as in Victor, A L
1: as in Lynn, A I S as in Sam. Yes. Yes. That is correct. Uh,
0: okay. All right,
1: they come from Switzerland. Um, The breed up program just began, I believe it's the sixth year, I I may be wrong on that. Um, But you know, from the UK or anywhere overseas, we can't import live animals, um, Mm -hmm. especially the sheep due to diseases and all that. So they started with a foundation you the Scottish blackface was a popular one because they share a lot of the same characteristics as far as markings and horns. Uh, And then just we buy frozen semen from overseas and do laparoscopic AI. And so you just breed up every generation and seeing the results. And these sheep are the most amazing beings that I have ever encountered. They are, they're so friendly and just, I don't know the look, they have this daze in their eyes where they'll just sit there and stare at you and chew their cud and they just look so at peace. It's, uh, I'm very glad we got into it. It's been nerve wracking, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because yeah, they are definitely something else. So, is it for the fleece and the milk, or do
0: you guys also do meat from the sheep?
1: Um, so, they are supposed to be a very good dual-purpose breed. Um, their fiber is more coarse than, you know, your typical wool. Um, definitely nowhere near like alpaca fiber. Um, so, for them, as far as fiber goes, it's more of a like an outer garment, or it's really good for felting. Um, I don't know. Knowing their personalities, I I understand the aspect of life too. Where as much as we want to be friends with everything, you know, there's needs to eat and stuff too. Um, so I've heard of that about them right now. We're just kind of raising them for their personalities for agritourism purposes um, to help get the breed here and structured soundly. Um, you know, genetic diversity is an issue because there's not a, lot of, not a lot of choices yet without having live animals here. Everybody's kind of related somewhere down the lines. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't know that I'd ever be able to look at them I mean we have our bottle ram Jack who was rejected by his mom last spring and he grew up and the mom was so mean to him and he was by himself so we had no choice but to bring him inside and we put a diaper on him and he grew up with us in the house with my dogs and he, he thinks he's a dog. We woke up yesterday morning at six AM to my daughter screaming, Jack, no because he apparently got out of his gate and was trying to headbutt his way through our sliding glass door into the house so he could snuggle with my daughter. Oh, no. <laughs> he that Yeah, he already put the front glass door when I was taking a nap a couple weeks ago. My husband got home and he's like, uh, Kelly, why is Jack inside? He's like, I don't know. The whole door was shattered and he's just trotting around like, what's up, everybody? So, <laughs> so, so he's he's a sheep dog is what he, he is. He is. And the funniest thing is that sheep play, you know, they like to headbutt each other, They like ram into each other never once have i seen a sheep actually like go to bite the ankle of another animal but my dogs do that to each other we have a great pyrenees who does that to my neurotic collie to kind of calm him down she'll kind of grab the back of his leg mm-hmm. and jack grew up seeing her do that so when jack wants to play that that's what he does to my dogs and we all laugh like what kind of sheep plays like that we've never seen that before you know what's his he's, name he's <laughs> a very confused sheep yeah, he's Very <laughs> confused. So last summer when he was in a diaper and I didn't want to leave him home alone when I went out, um, I actually brought him with me to almost everywhere. Uh, I think we watched friends play at a brewery in a local town here and I even brought him there and I'd walk inside, order some food, walk back outside and everybody's like, does that sheep just follow you? I was like, yep, no leash, no nothing. He's just trotting along behind me everywhere. So he became kind of the mascot in our small town here.
0: (laughs) Well, there's a reason that Mary had a little lamb that followed her everywhere.
1: yep yep the amount of people still that come up to me and they're like you're the lady that had the little lamb in the grocery store last summer and she was like yeah that was me <laughs> so he
0: we, have, we have friends that have sheep and uh they're the ones we got our dog from and they i think it was one of their boys was going down to get his dad because we went over to get some chickens from them too and he came up the the lane with this maybe week old sheep lamb walking behind him and i said oh is that your new puppy and he just laughed he belly laughed he said might as well be and then went and got his dad that that was it that was the exchange and it was one of the cutest things i've seen
1: yeah it is neat and you know i like too that my children can kind of see animals and see them for that purpose too that you know they're not they're not always dogs as much as they act like it. I like my kids to know where their food does come from and how life actually works. The amount of people that just don't get that and don't know how to process that, um, I think it's it would be so important for everybody to understand that we can we can have compassion for animals, for the land, and understand that nature is nature. I guess I've never understood. You know, go to the grocery store, it's still kind of the same concept, except being able to raise an animal and know that it lived a happy life and was loved and know what all of that is such an important thing for people to learn how to cope with
0: yeah beginning to end is yeah. really really important so um okay i don't even know how to ask this question you raise these sheep uh, mm-hmm. for sale and for use yes yes, yes. Okay. so how much does one of these these Cost if someone were looking to acquire one on average?
1: So, um, and that is all gonna depend on the generation. There's currently five generations, um, your F1 being your first generation, 50% whatever your foundation you is, and then 50% Valley. Um, those, I mean, the price on those is kind of coming down, but purebreds right now, which we are hoping we're doing lapii this fall. Um, we should have the first purebreds in Minnesota next spring if it takes. Um, Gosh, the ewe lambs, I want to say, are going, you know, 10 to 12,000. Whew. And the purebred rams, depending on markings, confirmation, temperament, all that kind of stuff, genetic lines, um, they're going 18 to 20. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just
0: to be clear, I am not in the market for any. I was just wondering because I figure yeah. if they're that unique, they're probably fairly expensive.
1: They are. And it was... a. Uh, kind of a whim crazy investment. And you know, that wasn't something where we're just like, Hey, yeah, let's go buy these sheep today. Let me pull out my checkbook. It's, it's a very scary, risky investment, um, you know, farm loans, everything involved, and we're still kind of hoping it works out. And I mean, if not, we hadn't raised sheep before this. Um, I had no animal livestock experience before any of these animals. Um, so we got the experience. We, we adore them beyond belief, um. And so there's always that. I mean, I hope that hope that what I'm doing helps bring the breed here and make it more readily available to people because they are amazing animals. Um, it's kind of a risky registry and group of people, too, because you do have people that are in it to try to make those big bucks. And that's just not me. I just want to get them here and share their love with everybody. And yeah,
0: they are very cute. I, I was amazed at your photos.
1: Yep, they are. They're even cuter in person. I had just posted a video somebody sent me of uh, some overseas and just the way they run that hopping the little, they're just, yeah, you can just sit and watch them for hours. Okay, and you also have alpacas, right? Yes, so we started with alpacas. That was the first animal we settled on. Um, I always thought when we moved here that, you know, goats are kind of what everybody starts out with kind of the norm. Um, my husband's not a fan of goats. It's the way the, the pupils and the eyes are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a good couple of years researching. I, we started trying to figure out the fund and what we wanted to do as far as crops go and agriculture. And I got into permaculture and that's where I came across alpacas. Um, I think it was Zeppholzer. I may be pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, But he has some amazing books on permaculture, and he brings up alpacas in that they are just the easiest animal to keep on land. They have padded feet, so they're not destroying your yard. Their manure is the most amazing garden gold. Um, We have raised beds. That's all we put in there. Mm-hmm. And we're, I cannot believe how big it's like Jumanji in our garden. <laughs> um, their fiber is great. And I mean, they're adorable and cute and they're fun too. So we started with alpacas. We got boys because I wasn't ready to dive into breeding and all that yet. And I love them, but they, they don't like hugs. <laughs> we'll put it that way. I like to hug animals. Alpacas don't like hugs. They do like okay. apples. <laughs> um, yes. It was kind of, it was a lot more to take on than I was led to believe because of how I had read them to be they're just their peaceful, calm nature. And that is accurate. But what I failed to discover is that handling, I mean, they're prey animals, it's fight or flight response. Um, So that got really tough um, for me to be home with my kids trying to wrangle five alpacas. If someone got stuck or got injured or needed something, Um, it could get a little dangerous or Boys will be boys and they'd fight and I'd have to find like a rake or a pool noodle or something to go smack them with. Otherwise, you end up in the middle of two rearing up alpacas and they wrangle their necks together and quite odd.
0: Yeah.
1: Not a, not a fun thing to do, no. Nope, not at all. <laughs> okay. um, so we had We started with those five boys. We did end up selling them when we realized that, you know, I've got fiber, years of fiber stashed up and maybe this wasn't the right route to go. The amount of trial and erroring we've done here in the six years we've been here could make people's heads spin, um, but you have to try stuff to find out what works. Um, after we sold the alpacas, we did miss them, so we got two females so that we could do the breeding part of it, um, which isn't profitable by any means, but just, like, as adorable as those sheep are, a baby alpaca.
0: I, yeah. I swear, all the cloven-footed babies are just precious. <laughs>
1: They are. They're just the curiousness in them. And that's what I love about having small acreage is we have that ability to keep it intimate here. You know, we can sit out in the yard and let everybody in the yard and we can just sit there and let them come up to us and kind of let them feel out their comfort level and know that, you know, you can come up to us. We're not always going to be handling you or giving you medicine or trimming hubs. You know, we can all coexist and how how big is a
0: baby alpaca, like a day-old alpaca, compared to a day-old goat?
1: So our first Cria, that's what uh, baby alpacas are called, crea, Cria, C-R-I-A. Um, she was born here, Not, I think it was almost two months ago now, mm-hmm. I was actually at the dentist and my 13-year-old daughter was home and sent me a picture and she's like, Mom, I looked at the picture, and I'm like, what, What's, oh baby alpaca, I rushed home. She was 14.2 pounds, Okay. all legs, oh my goodness. <laughs> Just the, it's like the tiniest little thing ever on stilts. Our barn cat is probably about 12 pounds. He's a
0: male. Oh, wow. And so I am, I'm assuming that she was not a whole lot bigger than he is right now.
1: Yep. They're, they're very tiny. Um, very deceiving by the length of the legs again, but, but very tiny. And that's about, I think the same as the valet lambs weighed in as well. Yeah i'm I'm familiar with baby goats, and they're not very big that first day, but they grow super fast. They asked yep, the only we had uh, we did finally trial goats um The year my husband and I got married here on our farm a few years ago, and in his vows, it was kind of a joke that our our friend officiated the wedding and he put in there something about goats, so of course, my husband said yes, so the next weekend I went out and bought some goats. And uh, it was two Nigerian dwarf goats, and then their mom was a uh, mini Nubian. Mm-hmm. And those little Nigerian dwarves are so cute, but so naughty. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. And...
0: Goats goats are very mischievous. We don't have any. We don't want yeah. any.
1: That's why we got rid of those three. <laughs> I mean, it took like I'd come out in the morning to this weird sound and my dog's barking because one of the goats was on a roof prancing around, or they got through the fence and are going through the farm field, or... Just nonstop, so we got rid of them. I'm like, all right, I'm not a goat person. And then for some reason, last uh, I had been making milk soap, and I missed making it. So we tried goats again last fall. We drove down to Iowa with a friend and picked up a uh, a couple mini Nubian registered, beautiful girls, and they were both bred. So we had our first goat kids born here. Um, it was back in February, March, and they are so adorable with those long ears. But it's still, I just, I'm not a goat person. I, I hate to admit it because I love all animals, but yeah, I'm no I'm not a
0: I'm not a goat person either. I really really love them from when they're first born until they're a week old. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I love them is because I had a friend in school who who's whose family raised goats. And so I would love to foster goats from um newborn to a week and then send them home.
1: And that's,
0: that's not how it works. And I know that because I'm not stupid. I know that 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 would require mom being there, which we would have to have a place for them to be. It just would not work. So instead, I have made a new friend who actually has two does. I guess they're does. Yep. And she has a weather which is a male goat that can't make babies anymore, correct? Yes. And then she has a buck. They have two babies that are four or five months old now. And I got to meet the moms and the babies last weekend. And obviously four or five month old goats are not babies anymore, but they were very, very friendly. And I got to pet them. I haven't pet a goat in years. And I said, can I please come back in April? when you have more babies and she says of course of course you can (laughs) i said good text me when they're born because i want to hold when they're new because they Mm. smell good
1: i know and they're so they're cute just they're curious and oh man yeah those i think we had uh each mom each still had three kids we had six six baby goats running around about the same time and my husband laughed too because he knows how i am with animals especially babies he's like you're not gonna be able to sell these i was like i will just just let me snuggle them for a little bit longer here, you know, and by the time they were weaned and three months old and ready, I was like, yep, I'm good. <laughs> Let's show them on to their new home. I got all the snuggles that I need.
0: Yeah, it's so hard with the baby animals because every baby animal is beautiful and amazing and cute, and all you want to do is hold them or pet them. Yeah. And then you realize that they're going to either be sold or eaten or producers. Yeah. or producers. <laughs> so you have to enjoy them while they're they're innocent and they don't have a purpose yet because once they have a purpose you you can't stay in that smitten stage because all you'll do is cry later
1: right yep you have to completely change your mindset on what they're here for and you know they're so embracing of of love and compassion at that young age too and that makes it even more difficult
0: (laughs) yeah and they're not they're not afraid yet and if you do it right they're never afraid
1: yeah, and that's where it gets really tough to draw that line between purpose and, you know. And hobby. <clears throat> that's why I think that people do it right who do raise, you know, say you're raising cattle for, you know, for food. Um, you know, that's the thing. I could have a cow here, and if it was my little space and it snuggled me, it would it would end up having a different purpose. But people that have it set up where you have a pasture where you do still take great care of your animals, they still have everything in life they could deserve. They have space, they have grass, they're healthy, they're clean. But then you avoid that personal interaction with them to that extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because that keeps them more in a wild state of mind as well. Mm -hmm. And I think all animals honestly are capable of going either way, just depending on how much time you spend with them and what you kind of ingrain or imprint on them from the time they're babies. Exactly. So did the uh,
0: did the soap making come about because of the sheep milk?
1: Um, So soap making came about when I purchased those three goats, Uh, the mom was still in milk, but the babies were weaned. So that was my first attempt at milking. (laughs) My husband whipped up a milk stand and boy, that was interesting. Um, Did you know that goats on a milk stand are capable of doing handstands while their heads are locked up in a milk stand? i kind of
0: i kind of did know that (laughs) i said they're really mischievous
1: thing i've ever seen (laughs) like how are you doing that um so that's when i i started actually i think i started making soap before i wasn't using milk at the time for that Mm -hmm. Um, i think i just got into a place where my youngest was still not in kindergarten yet and it was okay do i get a job and put her in daycare or do we kind of do what we wanted to do, have this small farm. I got my littlest here. Let's learn to do this together. Let's see what we can do. And that came up. Um, you know, we started with a willow patch because I wanted to learn to weave baskets. So there was basket weaving, growing gourds, making soap, just <clears throat> everything. Basically, I mean, you could pop a new craft into my head and I'll probably start researching it and start making it next week. I want to learn everything that And most of it, it's like if you can make it from things you grow or animals you raise or um, it's really amazing how much you can accomplish and how much you can survive off of if you look at it that way. Like, wow, I can use this and that and this and we can have this and take out all the, the corporation and, you know, the necessity kind of things that we lean too much on.
0: Yeah, I'm always joking with my husband about how, how I'm using all of this, this new tech to, to find out about old tech, about old fashioned ways to do things. And when I told him I really wanted to start a podcast talking to people who are doing things like we're doing them only different. He said, you realize that you're doing podcasts about old fashioned things with brand new tech. (laughs) Yes, because that's the only way I can do it. I can't travel to northern Minnesota every week to do interviews in person. So
1: yep, there's definitely things we can embrace with technology as well.
0: Yeah. And right now, everyone I'm talking to is in the state of Minnesota. But I'm guessing that within a year or so, I will be branching out to other states. And I'm definitely not traveling to New Mexico to talk to people that do whatever they do in New Mexico, Mm because I don't fly and I'm not driving there. So, (laughs) but, but either way, everyone I'm talking to now is in Minnesota and even the difference in Minnesota, because you're North. I talked to a lady last week who's up by the arrowhead. And then I talked to another lady who is literally on the border of Iowa. And just the growing conditions have been so different this summer.
1: I'd imagine so, yeah. And that'll be neat too when you know other states and just hearing how the different climates people that's one thing that was really neat about the valley. Um, I actually the breeder I got them from, he lives in Idaho and we've kind of built a friendship since and we, you know, we'll call each other, what's the weather like there? What's and kind of you learn how different it is in different parts of the country and how people adjust to What they need to do how animals adjust and just kind of hearing i know it's fascinating to to meet other people in the network and see what everybody's up to and what their what their seasons are like and
0: yeah well my parents are in maine and my one of my sons is in arizona and my parents have gotten nothing but rain all summer and so their garden is just stuck they have not gotten a red tomato out of their garden yet because they're not reddening up And then we, my husband this morning, just picked a whole ton of early girl tomatoes because he's watered every night. And so our garden survived really well this year. And they'll be sold tomorrow at the farmer's market. My son, who is in Arizona, tried to start a garden, which is really difficult because it's a desert state where at least the part where he lives is. And he put in raised beds and planted a whole bunch of peppers because peppers love heat. Oh, yeah. And and he said they're they're doing okay, but not not great. And because it's been so hot here, our peppers have been going crazy. So he says he says, When you guys come see me, can you bring peppers, please?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this is the first year I've actually, um, when we grow peppers, they always seem like they're really thin walled. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear that a lot from people around here, actually. Um, This year, yeah, my goodness, they're some of the thickest peppers we've grown, and it's definitely been bountiful. But I did discover that it seems to only rain here on days that I am signed up for farmers' markets.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's funny how that works, isn't it?
1: (laughs) I had someone tell me the other day, well, it hasn't rained for a week. We're in need of rain. Can you sign up for a market? (laughs) Yep. I'll get the squared away there. (laughs) Anything for the cause, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to I'm going to end my shows with one question every time because I figured this out yesterday. Uh, what is the best thing that has happened for you or to you in in your your adventure with being the Fidland Farmer?
1: Well, gosh, there's lots of them. Um, hmm. I'd say the best thing is just knowing that this is something that I've just, I've dreamed of, I've lived this dream my entire childhood, my entire life. And I always wish that, you know, maybe I wish that I would have had more of this growing up, um, but that doesn't even matter now because I, I made it happen to share with my kids. And we just, I can, I get sparkly eyed just listening to my kids talk about, you know, chickens and eggs and they'll all overhear them talking to their friends who, you know, other kids, I'd. And that's why we kind of open this up to the public too. I, I love having kids and families come here because I love to teach kids about the animals and just things that they don't learn every day. And listening to my kids explain to them that a rooster is actually a boy chicken, you don't need a rooster to have eggs only if you want to have baby chickens and you know sheep need this. And it's just the amount of knowledge that they just absorb just by being present, things that they would never otherwise learn. And I think I hope that it. if anything, I hope that they feel that same joy in their soul that I feel
0: living this kind of lifestyle? Yeah. Um, our son who still lives, lives with us right now is 21 and we moved to our homestead three years ago and he was so excited to show his friends where we moved to. And I overheard him talking with his friend and, he said, You're going to have to come visit after COVID's over because we have three acres of land and we have 20 chickens and we have a dog now and da 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 da. da. Okay. And he was so excited. I mean, he was 18 at the time, but he was yeah. so excited to share this brand new experience with his Absolutely. friend. Yep. Yeah. So I, I understand what you're saying. So I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day because I know that you are busy all the time.
1: <laughs> I got to stay busy. So it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm probably going to want to talk to you again and catch up on how it's going with the the sheep breed that isn't common here in the States because I think yep. that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It's been very exciting, very nerve wracking. And I uh, I hope in the end it's all worth it, but I I think it will be. <laughs>
0: Well, I will. I will definitely check back in in. Um, I don't know, five years. No, I don't know how it's going to take. You
1: <laughs> no, you'll check back in um, in the spring. We'll be doing AI, I think, in October, November. So we'll be looking at lambs, the first purebred. Um, hopefully, next March, April.
0: Okay. Well, we'll the have to talk. We'll have to talk then, and you'll have to let me know how it turned out and. I don't know. You're going to have pictures all over Facebook, and I assume your website. So, Oh,
1: you better believe I will. <laughs> I'm not sure how far away you are, but if you have the opportunity to come snuggle one, they are the most precious baby animals ever, the little valley lambs.
0: Yeah, we're in Lasor. I think you are a good four hours away, oh, maybe wow, yeah, six. Wow. <laughs> well, you know. I, I don't know. I'll have to look. But anyway, again, thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day.
1: Yes, you too. Thank you.
0: All right, bye.